I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rose, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, au revoir, and hello again. Welcome to the Airbus Podcast. My name is Jamel Johnson. My name is Michael Benner. And happy basketball. We are Peterless for the week. Peter is currently, uh, I don't know, crying because of the Cleveland Browns loss. Uh, he's probably at some roadside Stop. attraction in, in the middle of Arizona, crying next to like the giant, the biggest cactus in all of Arizona. Probably starting a fucking militia. I think he already had one. Yeah. Uh, guys, we got a very special episode to get into. Uh, we have a, a, a legend on the pod, but before we, we do that, we've got to get some business out of the way. Uh, guys, we still have some limited edition t-shirts left. Go to airbuds.bigcartel.com. Uh, we've got some limited edition shirts, remixes of some of our favorites. We've got the Basketball Freak remix. We've got the Happy Basketball remix. Uh, sizes are starting to sell out. We have a few that are already gone. So uh, go get them. The best remix. The best remix since Sprite Aruba Jam. The best remix since uh, Cameron sampled the Night Court theme for Horse and Carriage. Horse and Carriage remix? Yeah, baby. Dude, you know what I was thinking about? You remember, like, early Cameron? He's like... Kind of demotic, dude. He's like a sadist. He's like a nasty, like, he's like rapping like he's the devil, bro. Um, Yeah, he was He's like always Eminem. kidnapping people. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's always getting sodomized. Everybody, someone gets sodomized on every song on SDE. He was like Eminem, but he wore a pink fur coat, so nobody took him seriously about it. Whereas Eminem, we were just kind of like, I think he might really kill his ex-wife. Yeah, and that's why Eminem went super-duper platinum. That's true. Um, Cameron, if you want to go platinum again, kill your ex-wife. Uh, Be guys, white we... first, then kill your ex-wife. There you go. Uh, if you want to support the Buds, go to Patreon. Uh, go to Airbuds. Dot Patreon dot, is it airbudspod.patreon.com or is it airbuds? It's patreon.com slash airbudspod is what it is. Huh, let me make sure I don't close my weed delivery tab. Let me see here. <laughs> uh, it's airbudspod. On yeah, Patreon. it's patreon.com slash airbudspod. $5 a month gets you bonus episodes, gets you uh, access to our Slack. It gets you some videos now and then. Jamel's dropping DJ sets. And, hey, we got some new shows coming, uh, new bonus shows for Patreon only coming yeah. in the feed soon. Uh, if you want financial advice from Jamel, you got to subscribe down. to our Patreon. Um, Come on, man. Now, uh, Jamel, I think we should get right into the, the business of the show. Whoa. The, the this inter- is big business. Yeah. Uh, the other day on Twitter, uh, a certain NBA legend took uh, to to social media, and he, he tweeted out, for a limited time only, if you would like Mad Max to come on your podcast to hear my deep thoughts, book me on Cameo, and I will happily – I'm sorry, I will be happy to come on. Uh, that's Vernon Maxwell, guys. Uh, you know Airbuds have to log on to Cameo.com and book this legend, so please welcome two-time NBA champion Vernon Maxwell. Hello, hello to everyone except for the people that live in Utah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, damn. I don't know if we Still have got many beef? Listen- Yeah. I don't know if oh, we have many listeners there. I don't have beef with the people of Utah. That's not beef. You know, beef is between two people that can do something. There, I get it. Beef is when you make your enemies start your jeep. I, I understand where you're coming from, Vern. Damn, thanks for doing the show. This is big for us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a while since I've done a radio interview. Right, this is kind of like radio. It's radio, modern-day yeah. radio, yeah. Um, it's radio for, for Gen Z, for sure. But uh, thank you for coming pre- on. You're welcome. (laughs) Now, uh, we have so much to talk to you about, but I think uh, right off the bat, one thing that you advertised in your tweet, Vernon, uh, you said that you had some deep thoughts. And uh, maybe we can dip in and out of these deep thoughts throughout the the podcast. But just off the bat, hit us with one deep thought. Uh, My first deep thought is I would like to apologize to Magic Johnson. Uh, In 1996, I was one of the few players that came out and said, that I did not want him to play basketball after it was revealed that he had contracted HIV in 1991. But uh, I would like to apologize to Magic Johnson. That's right. We did uh, have a long conversation uh, about whether or not we should book you because of this. But, uh, you know, yeah. uh, it only costs us $150 to book you through Cameo. So we figured, yeah. why not? You know, get a Worth it. Legend. And that's big of you to admit that, you know, cooties doesn't exist. And life goes on and, and things of this nature. Have you it, talked to Magic Johnson like directly uh, since you came out in 1996 and said that? You know, Magic is one of those guys where, you know, you got you have a rapport on social media. Like he'll respond to one of my tweets and say, ha, or, you know, LOL. But then you DM him and say, hey, man, how you doing? And it just stays on scene. You know, I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone like that before. 
Oh yeah, I'm doing that to like five people right now. Mm, mm. You yeah, guys are good on the timeline, but then you're rude in the DMs. Yeah, yeah. it's like because like you think because they're saying LOL and that's a commitment. You know, people are rarely typing out LOL these days. You know, you get a heart, and I think the heart implies the laughter. But I look at Magic and he's replying LOL, but then I hit him in the DMs and there's no response. So he's just not responding at all. That's what I said. <laughs> Well, have you sorry, been to any Mr. Michael Maxwell. Johnson? Have you have you ever been? Have you been to any Ma- Magic Johnson theaters since the comments? Oh, or maybe like any oh. of his Starbucks. I've been to a couple of the theaters. I've never been inside a Starbucks before. Uh, I don't need coffee. Coffee's for people to get started. You know, I'm already going. You know who needs coffee? Uh, Utah when they have a three-one lead. Well, I, I think Utah's not a very big coffee state. They don't. I don't think a lot of people there drink caffeine. Yeah, they're drinking right. salt water. They're drinking yeah. salt water because they're Mormons, right? Is that the implication? Yeah. I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 8 a.m., start your day with a nice mug of salt water. You know, uh, I, as someone who is kind of obsessed with Utah, but in a way that like, I like to roast them, I don't know much about the Mormon culture. Oh, it's pretty fucked up from what I've been told. It's like, what if really? white people was, was aliens? It's like, what if white people was aliens? But they also, mm. like... They're also still fucking with castles, heavy. So they got like castles. Wow. Plus, they believe in white aliens. Right. I'm waiting for you to get still... to the fucked up part because it's sounding pretty great so far. None of that's fucked up. That's not I, fucked up. I haven't, I haven't heard anything for you. Heard of castles? White people are aliens? I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some been. wild religions out there, brother. There's some wild shit out there. Do you have your own faith? Are you are you a religious man, Mr. Maxwell? Let me see here. Let me see here. Uh... Are you checking with? Are you, are you, che- are you <laughs> looking inward to your own soul? To... Yeah, hold on, man. My... Y'all don't know this. Oh, y'all must not be deep meditators. Inside every person's soul, if you do enough deep meditation, it's almost like a informative article about yourself. Mm. Oh. So it's you, like a inner. It's like a. It's like a Wikipedia for the spirit. I didn't use that word. I would never <laughs> use that site. But if you were to meditate, sometimes when you're meditating, you can almost look and you start seeing like you know, like it'll say something like "Born September twelfth, nineteen sixty-five (parentheses age fifty-five, Gainesville, Florida)." Right. You know. Yeah. Virgo, like, Virgo's in the house. When I look back on my life, I, I, my memories are typically sorted into things like uh, early life, career, uh, right. controversy, uh, and then usually backed up with some kind of references at the bottom. Right. I mean, but sometimes my memories, like, you know, I have a memory that says, dunked on Michael Jordan more than any other player during his career, but it will say citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> right, because maybe you were you got a concussion during some, so it's a little fuzzy. I don't remember exactly. We partied a lot in those days. That's right. kind of what was the hypocrisy of, you know, me not talking about math was because I myself was conflicted with some of my own partying. Mm. Oh, like what? Well, was you doing this, ecstasy early on, like like was ecstasy with- from the nineties? So they, they say Mad Max. That's what they call me, right? I don't, a lot of people think that ecstasy is the drug that makes you happy. That's actually not true. 
it's a it's a drug that multiplies whatever the emotion that you're feeling at the time is. So you know, I'm a pretty angry dude. So when I rolled, I just got angrier. Would you Damn. wait to have an angry moment to drop? You'd be like, okay, I'm nice That's and pissed right. off. Time to drop the ecstasy. I remember my daughter was born, and we wanted to celebrate with some ecstasy, and I had to wait a long time for the high of my daughter being born so I could finally roll, because I was feeling good, but I don't want to feel good on the X. If I wanted to feel good, I'd do cocaine. I, that math checks out for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, now, you famously uh, one time uh, punched a fan in the stands uh, for right. booing you. Were you on ecstasy during that game? February 1995, 100%. 100% I was on ecstasy. 100%. Can I tell you something? A lot of people don't don't talk about this. Most of us was on ecstasy. Like, mm. I think a lot of, you know, the 80s was cocaine, but 90s, X ruled the NBA. Name some of your favorite 90s moments. Oh, of course. I mean, we were seeing them colors. And, you know, the bus, they had them... They had those chairs that were multicolored in a weird way. It looked like if, yeah, yeah. like you know, an uh, an alien cat has scratched a, a gray chair and colors was popping out all of a sudden. That does explain so many of the tie choices. You guys were clearly it, on drugs. We was on drugs. I mean, I was there when Marv bit that woman on the butt. <laughs> you, you were there. You were there. It was at a Wait. party. Damn, I was. Okay, paint. Okay, wait for our yeah. listeners. Marv Albert, famously in the late '90s, got in trouble for uh, chomping down on a woman's behind. Uh, unclear. I can't recall the the total circumstances, but it was maybe non consensual. But Vernon, you well, were there. it was it, it was a sec- what, what I heard. I wasn't there, but what I heard was, right. you know, Marv hired some sex work to come through, and then he started getting a little. You know what I mean? He started trying started to change the terms. Marv. Yeah, he got to yeah. Marv. Was Marv on ecstasy? Are you are you looking in, inward again? He's searching. Mm. It's not funny. This isn't funny, but I'm you know, laughter's involuntary sometimes. No, he was not on ecstasy. He was not I do not ecstasy. want to blame drugs for his actions because you know then the drugs takes the bad rap. I want Marv Albert to take the bad rap. Okay, but you were there. Can you tell us what I happened? I was there, and yeah. I was on ecstasy. Yeah. yeah, look, you know, I want to be first. Let's just be honest. We should normalize sex work. Like, let's just stop there. I think for sure. sex work is completely fine and completely normal, but like any job, there's a contract. And there's things that you're allowed to do, and there's things that you're not allowed to do, and you work that out with the person. Mav had, uh, you know, worked out a contract where this woman was like, look, I'm game, but don't bop my ass. She was very clear about that from the beginning. That came up before while they were negotiating. Perhaps she had been in a situation where someone had bit her ass and she did not like it, but she had made it pretty clear. Uh, and So it's look, not that Marv I, threw it. He was like, okay, like. No, no, no. This wasn't Marv. Clause being like, five, oh. section A, I get to bite you on the butt. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh wait, he did. He he threw that out. He threw that out. Yes, okay. but she said no from the get. Got it. And then, so this is more just like a like a like, like Marv's entertainment attorney should have been handling this. It sounds like. You know, 
I'll say this. <laughs> okay, searching. Okay. <laughs> you know how Marv is sometimes talking during the games and he'll call a player the wrong name completely? Mm-hmm. Sure. He's kind of like that in the bedroom, too, if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. You're saying it's that him him forgetting things and getting things wrong is his kink? You know, some men come to less. You're bringing up some great points, Vern. Can I call you Vern? Is that too familiar? No, no, no. That's cool. Vern, Mad Max, just don't call me somebody who played in Utah. (laughs) We would would never. Uh, Whoever those people might be. Let me look inside myself. I think you played for eight uh, eight different teams during your career, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, That's right. What What was your favorite city to play in? You know, a lot of people wouldn't guess guess this, but it's Orlando Magic. Uh, yeah. A big Disney fan. It's not me. It's my children. And when you play for the Orlando Magic, your whole family gets a free ticket, but it's only to Epcot. Damn. Well, that sounds. Kind of like a bird. It is, it is. But my kids are incredibly fluent in multiple languages. Yeah, that's pretty. You know, that's Ep- strong. Yeah, Epcot is the essentially the educational part of Disney. That's right? right. It's everything that Disney has, but with an educational bent. Now, is that because Betsy DeVos is so dedicated to education and owns the Orlando Magic? Is that why they have that hookup? That's right. That's right. And you know, a lot of people don't know this about. Betsy, but it was always her dream to be in charge of education. Uh, and I would ask this of anyone. If you had a dream opportunity, but it was attached to someone who was a little bad, would you give up your dream opportunity? No, it, it sounds like you asked this a lot. Have you been, have you yeah, pursued yeah. opportunities with any kind of shady people? All I'm saying is... <laughs> Sometimes you have a dream and you want to accomplish it and it comes with someone bad. Look, I played at Florida. A lot of people have played at Florida who have done some questionable things, uh, whether it be murder or stealing a laptop. And we all got there because someone made us an offer that we couldn't refuse. Are we referring to Hunter Biden's laptop? Yes. Cam Newton stole Hunter Biden's laptop while he played in Florida. <laughs> Shit. Why isn't the media reporting on this? Yeah, goddamn. You think this would be a a, a, a big time story for yeah. like Gawker yeah. or one of them? You hear about how the media is not giving the Hunter Biden laptop enough coverage, but this is huge. Vernon. This is big time. Have you just been you know, sitting I on know, this? Yeah, how'd you find I know that a out? lot of I know a lot of stuff that I shouldn't know. I know I've partied with a lot of bunch of people and they talk to me because again, I take ecstasy and I'm on anger. But again, when you take ecstasy, whatever you're feeling is what you're feeling. And some people are in a chatty mood and they chat. And I've learned a lot of information that I shouldn't know. Uh, where uh, are any of these parties like maybe happening, you know, I don't know, like 5,000 feet up in the air on its way to like a private island. No, 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 no. I don't know anything about that stuff. I want to be very, very clear. I did one time pass G-Slim in the hallway, but that's it. That's it. 
I wasn't at a party. It was actually in an office, and I realized that we use the same H and R block. And I didn't go back because I recognized her from you know things that people had said. And once I saw her, I said H and R block. You can no longer have my business. You saw Shorty at H and R block. You would think she would be doing TurboTax at the very least. Some some people use whatever they need to use. You know, Uh, look, Osama bin Laden was hiding in Pakistan. Do you know why? Because we would have never thought to look. Now, it's the same thing with his bank. He banked that Bank of America because <laughs> nobody thought to look there for his money. Damn. Well, how do you know oh, this? I heard at a party. Tell- <laughs> I hear so much things at parties. <laughs> did he have a customized debit card? With he like- did. He did. It was the Disney Browns. characters on that. It was the Browns. Oh yeah, the Browns. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, shout out Peter. Yeah, the- Peter, you and Osama. Uh, hey, Peter. Yo. Can I tell you something about Osama that a lot of people don't know? Yeah, please. Love the Browns. Love the Browns. They're, he was. He's a fan through some rough years, if I recall. I mean, think about it. Why was he so upset? You know. <laughs> Because they drafted Tim Couch. They Damn, the timeline. Tim. Bro, it all adds yeah. up. It, it all actually does up. line up. Sports if only, if only he could have still been with us to see see them win a playoff game. I think I think things would have went a lot differently if he had seen that earlier on. Yeah. I bet. I'm like what? What do you how do you envision the world being different? Oh, if Osama saw like the Browns win a game in like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, how do you think the world would be different? That's a good question. I mean, <laughs> it depends on who they're playing. I mean, for one, Tom Brady would probably have a lot less championships because uh, I think he played in one. That was his uh, that was his yeah. first year at bat, so to say. Uh, hold on, let me look inside my soul real quick. <laughs> Damn. Did, did you know that I was the last player to wear the number eleven before Yao Ming? Oh, on the oh, Rockets. To. On the Rockets, yeah. You know, oh, a lot of people, you know, have their party tricks and stuff like that. That's one of my party. Like, you know, something that people say at a party. Ben, I imagine that you probably bring up something about some sort of Asian cuisine. Like, I feel like at parties, you probably say random facts about Asian cuisine. That's I, the vibe that you get. Why? Why do you get that vibe from me? Well, he wouldn't do it. I don't remember the facts so much, but I do remember a point in time where you were talking about a new walk a lot. (laughs) Wait, you guys. All right, this is weird. Everybody has their random facts. Everyone has their random facts. Nah, that's not. I know people who only talk about streaming platforms. Oh, I got this friend, uh, uh, Edgar Mopletier, who just won't <laughs> shut the fuck up about how HBO Max is going to win the streaming wars. Look, again, it's, people have they made it for white women. Once they make it for white ladies, once HBO Max came out and they decided we are the platform for white women who have jobs. It's going to work. Look, industry <laughs> isn't made, and I'm, I'm assuming that this is an argument that your friend would take. Industry wasn't made for the mass populations it was made targeted for white women and they're gonna watch it they're gonna love it industry being the hbo show about british uh young british bankers trying to make uh investments um yeah uh yeah you're right my friend edgar is weirdly obsessed with that awful show (laughs) look i think from what you're saying you can draw 
a Venn diagram of stuff white woman like and stuff Edgar likes, and there's a strong middle there. Vernon, you were so intuitive. <laughs> you were a hundred percent right. <laughs> Can I circle back on something real yes, quick? Please, you mentioned please, Yao, please. You, you mentioned Yao Ming. Right. And I know he uh is the era after you guys and right. um you played with one of my favorite centers of all time, Akeem Olajuwon. That's and right. I, I recall uh hearing the story that you and him got into it in the locker room and you swung on Akeem Olajuwon. That's true. Uh that that did happen. Um What caused the fight? You know. I remember one time I was watching the movie Seven Samurai and somebody laughed. And I said, that's weird that he laughed. There's nothing funny that happened there. And my teacher at the time said, in different cultures, reactions mean different things. So ha-ha to us might mean laughter, but ha-ha over there might be, you offended me or you upset me in some way. The cultural differences between Hakeem and I were astounding. Uh, I come from a place like most Americans where tickling is a sign of endearment. Okay, so in the locker room, you were tickling Hakeem Olajuwon. Because yeah, wait. Right. As most Americans, when you tickle someone, it means you love them, you care about them, you respect them. I don't. Okay. Yeah, as I'm not most, sure. I'll give as you most that. Americans, as most Americans would agree. Look it up in your books. But Akeem felt some way about this, and look. When you're an all-star, everyone agrees with you, even though it's not the truth. And I looked at everyone in the locker room and I said, guys, in America, we tickle people. That means respect. And everyone's like, that's not true. But they knew it was true. They were just agreeing with Hakeem because, you know. Were you tickling people a lot during that time? Only fellow players because those are the only people I respected and I cared about. I wouldn't tickle someone I didn't respect or care about. Were you tickling them only in the locker room or on the court as well? In the locker room. In the locker room. Got it. On the court, it's a little hard because I tickled a player from another team one time and everyone got upset because they say, hey, we don't fraternize. It's not like today's basketball. Well, you know, they're all best friends and they're all playing COD together every night. And they're all, you know, you, the game ends and they're all just at midcourt tickling each other. That's why, can I tell you something? If Corona was around in the 90s, no one would have caught it because we weren't hanging out with each other. They're all catching Corona now because they're all tick- liking each other and hugging each other and being friends after the game. So Hakeem, <laughs> Hakeem took issue with you tickling. And it sounds like everyone else did as well, but only because they're going along with Hakeem. That's right. Even, Even though, though they we, all knew in their heart that we're American, we tickle. American, we tickle people. But, yeah. But my, my point about Corona is correct. <laughs> you guys didn't hang out with anybody? What about... What about, like, Robin going to Vegas and all that stuff? Like, you guys oh, used to go yeah. to parties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about Tatum gets corona, uh, is in the health protocols, let me be clear, before Adam calls me again. <laughs> he calls me after some of my tweets, Adam uh, Adam Silver. Silver? Damn. He calls like me what? after what tweet, tweets. What tweet did he recently call you after? I tweeted, uh, you know, a Utah game got postponed, and I tweeted and I said, it's okay. They probably wouldn't have won anyways. And he said, hey, can you not do that? Your your tweets are letting people not watch Utah games. Can I tell you something? That David was it? Stern, I called you for that? David yeah, Stern. David Stern, notorious Knicks fan. Like, everyone knows it. He loved the Knicks, would give the Knicks favor. 
uh, you know, he wants frozen envelopes so that the GM of the Knicks knew to pick it so that he could end up with Patrick Ewing. Okay, you're saying that is fact. Did you learn that at a party? Uh, I saw it. I didn't learn it at a party. I was working you for was the draft that year. I was an intern. What they used to do with younger players at the time when you was in college is that you would watch these drafts. Yeah, I was there. I wasn't. I wasn't drafted yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, you were a little. You were a little young for that particular draft, Vernon. I was interning at that draft, so it's kind of like the Oscars. <laughs> it's kind of like the Oscars where young oh, yeah, celebrities were. Yeah, where they have m- middle school aged interns. That's right. It's true. Right. Well, I think you would have been it's probably true. in college at the time, right? You would have been in, in your a sophomore year of college. Well, Spike Lee's kids are working the Golden Globes this year, and later they're going to be famous filmmakers and stuff. How do you know if Spike Lee's kids are working the Golden Globes? I check Deadline every morning. <laughs> oh, you're tuned into the entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. I'm tuned in. Wow. Uh, I'm tuned in. You guys okay. Phil Spector died today. <laughs> Was he a friend of yours? You guys ever party? We partied one time. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like that. You know, that one night was it? No, 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 no. no. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't there for that one. I was there for the uh, Courtney Love one. <laughs> oh, tell us about that one. Let me look into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, now, yeah. Vernon, you're you're famously one of uh, nine players to ever score more than thirty points in a single quarter. Can you name the other nine? Of course, I can. Are you gonna look in your soul? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. uh, the big boy, uh, <laughs> uh, Will Chamberlain, of George Gerwin, uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, no, 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 no. You got to say the other Cash brother if you're going to. Steph Curry did it. Didn't he do it like the other day? Maybe. Or did he come up short? I don't know. He might come up a little short. All right. Uh, this is uh... a. <laughs> Maybe he did. Let me look. Let me let me look at the muscle real quick. <laughs> Vernon, now, uh, the Rockets, as they are now, I mean, you won two championships with the, Ro- the Houston Rockets. Uh, I'm assuming you're, you're most kind of associated with them. Uh, even though you didn't you fake some kind of injury to get out of playing for the Rockets? Brad and I were upset with each other at, at one point, and so I didn't want to go out and play with him. So I, uh, damn, I was pretty good. I'm looking into my soul right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you had some great years, Vernon. Oh, no, I'm saying uh, I guessed a couple of these guys pretty correctly. Oh, okay. I, you got Wilt, Wilt the big, what'd you call him? Wilt the big boy Chamberlain? Big boy, yeah, the big boy. I call, I call him Ger- George. I mean, Jordan makes sense. Yeah. I think you said uh, George Gershwin, but I think you meant Gershwin. Yeah. <laughs> famous, famous pianist, yeah. yeah. Look, you could say that his uh, his playing style was a little Rhapsody in blue. Oh, boy. Joe Johnson, really? Oh, I believe Come it. On, man. I saw Joe, the God himself. Oh, no, no. He just did 29. That's what my soul's telling me right now. <laughs> uh, Kobe Bryant twice. Okay. Wow. You're, that's in your soul. That's in my soul. It was in the in the third both times. What about uh, your fellow yeah. Houston Rocket, James Harden? You ever do it? Never. Never. 
And he's not a fellow. He's not a fellow Houston Rocket. Okay? He, he abandoned the tribe. Well, you get traded away, but you can't abandon the tribe. And those are two different things. Well, I mean, couldn't you argue that you faking an injury is kind of abandoning the tribe? But me and Clyde resolved it. How did you guys resolve it? Cool. We tickled each other. <laughs> you tickled each other. Is Clyde, Clyde particularly where? Where is he most ticklish? Oh, you know, in the head, that bald spot. <laughs> Just right on the head. Right on the you just tickle that little bald spot. Can I tell you something about Clyde? Please. Yes, please. One of the, one of the funniest short form improvisers I've ever seen in my life. Like he's uh like who's whose line is it anyway? Style? If if Greg Poops didn't play Greg Poops level, like uh you know what I'm saying? Colin he, Mockery, Ryan Styles, Wayne Brady. He Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady look like sand drying. <laughs> wow. Wayne Brady looked like sand drying. That's what if you saw sand. Clyde. If you saw Clyde performing. Um now how do you know about his short form improvisation skills? So like I said, back in the nineties, you know, we didn't hang out with other players, so we were pretty limited to what, you know, players' hobbies were. And you know, there was no internet at the time. There was no uh Television wasn't as good as it is now. I mean, you had the X-Files, but that's about it. Uh, yeah, they let home improvements stay on TV for like 10 years. It wasn't good. So, you know, we would take up hobbies. And Clyde became really, really interested in short-form improv. There was a little improv theater not too far down the street from the arena. And Clyde would go there and take classes. And we would go watch his class shows after home games. Oh, so you guys would go because it's like, oh, we got to go to Clyde's, like, 101 graduation show, and you would think, we Everybody, have to do this, but then you were surprised about how good he was? You know, you've had that feeling before where your friend's like, hey, listen to my album, and you're like, oh, boy, is this going to be good? And then you listen, and you realize your friend concerned. I had that exact experience with Kenny Smith. Oh. Oh, damn. What's but Kenny Smith's deal? He, yeah. he has one of the best folk albums I've ever heard in my life. Oh, folk. Really? Wow. Yeah. Acoustic? He's Acoustic. coming out with a guitar? And with yeah. a guitar. It's called Where the Jet Lands. And it's a folk album about his home. About what? his home? Like a just folk his house that he lives in? The house From that left, he lives in. Every not Left Rack City. Not, not Queens. Not Queens. It's about his home. Literally the apartment that he grew up in. There's a song to each section of the apartment and different things in the apartment. Is it a big Man. apartment? How many tracks is the album? It's pretty short. Uh, yeah, that's what the, he, yeah, he he, he grew, grew up, up in the pretty, Jacks, bro. Yeah, he grew up pretty broke, so not a lot of things. But there was one called Rattling Heater uh, about <laughs> his heater that rattled. And, you know, he sampled some of the sounds of the rattling heater in the song. And it's quite, you know. Oh, a folk singer just doing samples. So he's kind of like uh, RZA <laughs> meets yeah. like Neil Young. Neil yeah. Young, when Neil, when Neil was experimenting, yeah. Damn. Interesting. Now, uh... Yeah, what? I, geez, I, everybody I'm in the NBA has a hobby. To, you gotta pass the time, right? You have to apply some of that energy, that focus into other things, or else you'll lose your mind. You'll hurt. Players who are getting repeatedly injured are players who refuse to get hobbies. I'll say that. That's a That's an NBA insider secret. 
Well, we know that Michael Jordan had several hobbies. Uh, right. 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 Gambling, golfing, right. smoking cigars. Smoking cigars. Threatening teammates with baseball bats. That's right. He had yeah. a lot of hobbies, and he was so good. Yeah. What was Scott Brooks' hobby? He, did he, was he uh, in anything? Brooks. He's a dungeon. Scotty Brooks. He's a dungeon master. <laughs> he plays D&D. Actually... He plays D&D, but he only likes to be the master, which I talked to him about a couple times. I said, that's a little weird, Scott. Yeah, like nine, a control that makes thing. sense. But look at yeah. him now. He's coaching. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah, he's coaching and he's bad at making decisions. That's Sounds right. like a master. Yeah. Master. He's a dungeon master. Did you ever play D D with him? I played once. I played What was once. your character? I was an imp that <laughs> would steal the pockets from other players and then I could share the items. I couldn't use any of them. I could only share the items with my fellow teammates. Oh, so you're a little uh, little little troublemaker, but helpful in the end. Exactly. Exactly. What was your character's name? Uga. <laughs> Uga? Uga the Imp. Uga the Imp. Love it. Uh, I named after. I was actually in talk to develop a character for it, but. Uh, what do you mean? It was between, oh, well, everyone assumes that Michael was the only one with the animated movie. They were talking to all of us. We were all, I mean, you walked down the WB lot in the 90s, you could see pretty much Thunder Dan. <laughs> you might see Larry Johnson. You could see anybody. People were walking in and out of that Warner Brothers lot. Whoa. Alonzo was there taking meetings. I mean, they had, Alonzo's was good. Alonzo's was good. What was morning, Alonzo's? Morning song. And it was about a, a, a group of radio DJs. Uh, and, you know, it was a little bit, because, you know, it was, you know, I think, I think the reason why it didn't work was this kind of kind of a character piece, you know, and it didn't have a lot of the fun of the other ones. It was like, oh. Seems what? pretty heavy for a cartoon. It was, you know, there was no BoJack yet, you know, so it was just like, hey, slow down. Like, it dealt with grief and addiction and stuff like that, but it was very real. It was very grounded. So it was like an Alonzo animated, mornings and an animated Frasier that dealt right. with addiction. Right, right. Addiction. Right. And, and grief. And grief. Wow. Right. Because I think so the, like, the owner of the radio it was a small radio station, and the owner of the radio station really believed in the kids and what they were doing, and he passed, and, you know, it was getting bought up by a big corporation. Oh, so and there was, like, kind of like a we-got-to-save-the-community-center kind of thing going on, too. Right. But actually, that was what was so interesting about the film is that they were helpless against the sale. It was going to happen no matter what they did. I mean, attempts were made in the movie, but the movie ends with the – the radio station being bought and you know the guy's kind of Alonzo's boxing up his stuff as he goes and looks at a picture that he finds of when they were all young and puts it in the box and walks out damn dude this is a cartoon that's a cartoon wow Hank Azaria was going to play Alonzo Nigga from The Simpsons? I mean, it was a cartoon. There wasn't that many voice actors back then. Big celebrities weren't doing voice acting back then. Alonzo Mourning wasn't going to play his own character? No. Alonzo was like... Is he a bad actor? Yeah. I was going to give him the excuse that he was telling everybody about he wanted to to just be off, but no, he was a bad actor. No one... I mean, look, Michael was pretty great. Was he? He's better than most. I'm telling you, you guys have to watch. He's all right. I'm gonna send you guys the tapes after. There's multiple of these movies. Like, there's he's so- better than Cedric Zabalos. He's better than Cedric Zabalos. That's true. That's true. 
what was Clyde Drexler doing? I mean, he's apparently a very gifted actor and performer, but he's he's he never got a show. Well, he had a show. He had a show in development. It's it's a very sad story. Uh, he was doing a, a sitcom about a barbershop uh, where he was going to play, you know, it's a sit, Clyde's chair is what it was called. And people would come into the barbershop and they talk politics and ideas and all this stuff. It was very, very good. And then uh, it was going to be starring Len Bias. And then oh, what happened, happened. And they canceled the pilot after that because it was kind of built around Len's stardom. Wow. It sounds like, I mean, I, look, I don't want to tell tales out of school. And, you know, the, we all hear about parallel thinking and, you know, people having uh, similar thoughts. Uh, but this sounds a lot like what LeBron James was doing on HBO. The shop? Yeah. Well, okay. Hold a bunch on, of friends hanging around a barbershop talking about politics Clyde and ideas. It was a sitcom format. Yeah, it wasn't a. It wasn't an informational show. Oh, it was scripted. Scripted. It was scripted. Okay. Well, you know who's on. You mean like he's got Seth Rogen coming on. He's got. Right, he's right. got John. He's got all these comedy stars coming on. He's That's got Kevin true. Hart. That's true. You're not wrong. Look, I'll talk to Clyde. I'll see what he says. Clyde doesn't like lawyers, though. He doesn't like lawyers. Why not? He used to be married to one. Oh, really? Damn. Then they got divorced, and she took everything. So Clyde Drexler is like kind of destitute, right? Well, he could use his money well, from LeBron de- James. Yeah, he's not destitute. Well, he's you said all money. the money. But you, I mean, have you ever been divorced, Ben? I mean, we've talked about that before <laughs> on this show. I don't know if we need to get into that. Yeah. No, things happen when you get divorced. You don't always end up destitute, but things happen. I got, it's easy to hate uh, lawyers, too. Like, what happens if your ex is a doctor? What, are you going to hate doctors? I mean, that's a good point. That's a, I think, you know, but if your ex was a doctor and you broke up with her, she wouldn't do surgery on you that would take most of your possessions away. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different. It's different. It's different. It feels different. That's, you know, you're making some great points, Vernon. Uh, I, I, if your ex was a police officer and they pulled you over every day after the divorce, then, I, you know, that makes sense. I guess it's whatever job could have power afterwards. Um... Right, lawyer, doctor. I mean, cop. Sure. Powerful. Um, let's list powerful jobs: cops, lawyers, uh, lobbyists, presidents, mayors, senators, presidents, mayors, senators, neurosurgeons. Uh, <laughs> that's specific. <laughs> yeah, he's, I feel like that's covered wrong. under doctors, but yeah, sure, he neurosurgeons. <laughs> Head of PlayStation, put them in there. Yeah, head of PlayStation, head of no, less so head of Xbox, I think. Now let's name the least powerful job ever: Citizen of Utah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a job technically. It's like an identifier. It's an identity, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Nah, if it's living a job. living there, living there will work your nerves. Yeah, that's well, right. There you go. They okay. should pay um, me to live in Utah. I mean, come on. It should be a job. How about that? Is there anywhere in Utah you like? Do you just hate every town in Utah? There was one place I really, really liked. Fox City. I went there for sudden dance. <laughs> so I sex lies and videotape, and I said, that's cinema. You went to watch sex lies and videotape. Uh, Steven Soderbergh's, I think, uh, debut film, right? Right. I said, this kid is something. Did you go there on invite? 
I went on an invite, yeah. By I who? Was at, I was at a party and uh, Robert Redford was there and he said, I'm doing a little something down in Park City. If you want was it ecstasy? Yeah, it was ecstasy. Oh, he was definitely Robert. That's a little something he was doing. Yeah. Robert did a lot of ecstasy. I mean, have you seen uh, what's that one where he's the he's in the campaign, the candidate? He was rolling the whole time. All right, all right. Get your um, roll on, Robert. Well, Vernon, I think we we would be bereft if we did not ask you about your thoughts on the current Rockets now that James Harden is gone. Yeah, uh, wait. <laughs> We've gone so many places. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, yeah, you yeah. you brought up the fact that like you're into aliens and fine with it, and then we just kind of breeze right by it. Right, right. But uh, James Harden's gone. What do you think? I'm hurt. I'm hurt by how he left. You know, um, I, I don't know how to bring this up without you know exposing some people. But James and I were close. We were pretty close, and. He is it just like through the fraternity of Rockets players, you guys kind of all in a deep fraternity. In a deep fraternity, if you yeah. spend any amount of time playing for the Rockets, even a ten day, you end up in a fraternity where we discuss things and we wield political power. And you wield political power. Look, a lot of people in the city. It's Houston Rockets. Okay, it's any Houston team, and not the city. We're talking about the world. Uh, we actually picked George Bush to be president. Uh, we told the world, like, look, this guy's our guy, uh, and he's going to become president. Donald Trump, before he announced his presidency, watched the Houston Rockets game, the Houston Rockets Knicks. Then he watched our game. We said, okay, you can be president. So this is a huge bombshell. You're basically saying that all the the collective – Former Houston Rockets players are the Illuminati. That's right. That's right. Katino Mobley. Is, how, how involved is Katino Mobley? He's the, he's the head. He's the head. Everything goes through him. Wow, everything goes through Cat. I'm shocked. I'm visibly shocked. I forgot this was a podcast. <laughs> is the most annoying like member like in the in the Illuminati group chat Austin Rivers? One hundred percent. I knew yeah. it. But it's because he's so liberal that he's always pushing his ideas. He's always trying to get us to socialize healthcare in America or, you know, uh defund the police and stuff like that. And it's like, shut up, Austin. We get it. Oh, wow. Well, you know, maybe yeah. I have to look at Austin Rivers a little differently now. Like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Hey, hey, Austin, hey, hate him. Do you know what he proposed? <laughs> Universal base income the other day. Fuck that guy, right? Oh, he's like a Andrew <laughs> Yang guy, isn't he? Oh, he's big into he's big into Yang. He's big Yang gang. What do you think about Andrew Yang uh, going to a bodega that was actually like a Whole Foods? I'm not surprised. Uh, when you have money, it's hard to remember what poor things are. So sometimes, like you know, I'm like, oh, I want to be like a normal person, and I'll go to a hundred dollar a plate restaurant, and then I go, oh shit, it's supposed to be cheaper than that. But I forget. <laughs> I forget. You know what I mean. So I think in his mind, he, he a Whole Foods is a bodega to him. When you're that rich, in your mind, what is so your baseline is a hundred dollar a plate restaurant. What what do you think a normal person eats? What do y'all eat? Probably Olive Garden every day. 
Uh, not every day, no. Yeah, I was I was fucking up the lunch special at the one in Glendale for a second there, but see, I, I, I don't know. I forget. I I I don't remember what it's like. Oh, well, uh, to be honest, I didn't grow up that poor. I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, uh, right next to the university. My mother was a teacher there, and uh, what did she teach? Poli sci. Was she a doctor? A doctor? A PhD? Right. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Poli sci is not political science. That's a poli sci. She taught polyamorous studies. Oh, okay. How to be polyamorous? And the the science of it specifically. She was more on the numbers side. So was she a practicing polygamist, polyamorous? She was. She was very mean to me, very cruel to me. She would hit me a lot because she wanted me to be better and be strong. And I vowed that day that I would hate any polyamorous person. And anyone who respects polyamory, you are you know, uh, uh, propels it. So when we played Utah, I always gave him <laughs> something extra. I was interesting. You, you, uh, I asked you, was your mom uh, practicing polyamory? And you said, oh, yeah, she beat me all the time. That's what you went right to. I think that's a separate issue from her own polyamory. I think you might have had an abusive mother who happened to be polyamorous. I don't no, think polyamorous. I'm not, look, I'm not going to say they're not connected, but Mike is bringing up some interesting points. Look, you know how it is. You have an experience with someone, and then you attach that experience to that person, right? I got, when you saw Benna, you've probably been cut off by a black person before, and you went, all black people are bad drivers. Okay, no. <laughs> I did Benna, not. come on. You know that's happened to you all right. before. All right. Benner, we did. It. We did, Benner. I don't want to. We did ride to Inglewood a couple months ago, and that guy was a bad driver, okay? I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't say. It wasn't so much what you said. It was kind of. It was just the way you gripped the steering wheel. That's all I'm saying. That kind of set me off. Human beings, you know, someone once told me this, uh, of them calling me the Edward. Uh, human beings are pattern recognizing people, and that's just how our brains work. And <laughs> so it's not my fault. So I'm not. It's not my it's fault. Not what you're saying. Okay. Got if it. I see orange and black, a fear response will happen because I'll assume tiger. It's built in me. It's innate. So wow. So you must person, freak out when you watch Oranges of the New Black. When this person, oh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> But I mostly freak out because I'm going, this shouldn't be allowed to be a comedy. <laughs> it should be in the drama category. Right, because of the Golden Globe controversy and Emmy controversy. Golden Globe, Emmy no, controversy, no, no, you know. No, I'm no, big no. into voting categories. I was very proud when Scott Ackerman, uh fought very, very hard to have sketch divided away from variety. Wow, so you're like really, you're into like deep, uh, television Academy politics and very much so, very much so. Uh, I looked at who got added to the uh, film academy this year. I was very impressed. Kugler, uh, that's about the only name that I recognize. <laughs> now let me hey, ask you this. More... I'm sorry, uh, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jamel. But uh, you know, you're look, you're you're into you're you're good with aliens and weird religions. Right. Uh, you're very into right. Hollywood and Hollywood politics. What do you think about Scientology, Vernon? 
Are you a Scientologist? I'm not a Scientologist, but I'm not against a religion either. And I'll tell you why. Tom Cruise movies are just too good. <laughs> you okay. Know, look, yeah. I think that there are certain things that we can be okay with if... Hmm, how do I say this? Scientology on the list of organizations that's bad? Pretty low on that list. I put a couple of things above Scientology on that list. Halliburton? Halliburton, 100%. ExxonMobil. Uh, the Utah Jazz front office, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, what they did to those to those teams, I mean, that should be terrorism. The Television <laughs> Academy. Tele- whoa, 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 whoa! The Television Academy is a respectable organization. Oh, you mean your your guy Scott Ackerman had to fight so hard for them to to. To, to correct an injustice. Change is hard to come by. I mean, look, the Houston Rockets, it took them a long time to understand that the center was dead, you know? And I love that FO. I, I fuck with that FO forever, but they, it took them a long time to realize that, you know, the center was a dying breed. And you look at their draft picks, they continued, or who they traded for, they continued to get a conventional center. It wasn't until two years ago that we realized you don't need a Clint Capella. You can have P.J. Tucker in that post. So you were happy to see uh, what they, they called the uh, the pocket rockets last year, the all-tiny lineup. I'm happy to see change of any kind, except for in the year 1996 when Magic Johnson wanted <laughs> to be the first basketball player to play with HIV. Okay. At that moment, I was not okay. in the All right. Right. But you're, you're, you've changed it yourself now. You've I apologized have. to Magic. I have, even though he won't respond to my tweets. Magic, but, you got to look. Cut, my cut Vernon some slack. All right, look, you're faving his tweets. You're responding, ha-ha, or a good one, or whatever. Answer the DMs, Magic. We know you listen. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, the Rockets make the playoffs or not? Right, right, right. Um, we got John Wall. You got Boogie Cousins. You still got uh, Christian Wood, who is playing out of his mind. Kind of a lock right now for a like good player. Nickname. I don't like the nickname Boogie Cousins. I've never seen him dance. <laughs> well, how do you know? It's because he's dancing. What else would it be for? He's a fucking snot nosed kid. Yeah, yeah. He probably had picked his boogers and stuff. Yeah. That's Boogie. I mean, Boogie was a – that was a thing we were playing. I mean, can what I tell you, you something? Can I tell you something? Yes. You know who has the smoothest moves? Who? Bill Lambier. <laughs> really? You go clubbing. Bill Lambier is the best dancer out there. The man could move. What was his, like, signature dance move? The scuba. The scuba? Oh, he's and getting he, deep. He killed all oh, he gets. So, I mean, that's why he beat guys up the next day. He was too tired so from dancing the whole night before that he just fouled the shit out of people to, you know, keep up the energy. Do you think he could have been like, uh, I mean, I know, I think Bill Lambier, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Do you think he could have been one of the all-time greats if he didn't dance so much? I think so. I mean, I think he should be. Uh, I think he should be Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, 
you know, those two championships were one on his. If Draymond Green gets to go to the Hall of Fame, then Bill Lambier should go to the Hall of Fame. Hey, man, That's fair. I agree. And I he's agree. got a WNBA. He's got a title. Doesn't he have a coach? Detroit Shock? That's right. And he has two titles as a player. In the WNBA? No, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, shoot. You know who could get some titles in the WNBA? The Utah Jazz. <laughs> Maybe. Burning. Come on, don't denigrate uh, the the professional women's league like that. Don't. don't I'm not denigrating them. I'm denigrating Utah. I know, but that in in turn reflects poorly on the league. I mean, come on, you you just asked for forgiveness for the magic thing. Now you're gonna wait. wait what are you telling me by making fun of the Utah Jazz using the WNBA? I'm thus using the WNBA as a punch bag. I mean, some people could interpret that way. Hey, I didn't mean that. <laughs> don't laugh he's being sincere better i'm really sorry i i just can i tell you the truth about utah and why please on them so much please I feel think like the whole podcast has been building up to this moment <laughs> i think a lot of people don't know this but mormons are very great at family they're respect the father, they respect the mother, they love their sons and daughters, and it's such a wholesome thing. I didn't have that growing up. My mother picked her study of poli-sci over everything. She wanted to understand it more than anyone alive. And that caused her to be distant and cruel and just not there. So when I look and I see these Mormon families, sometimes two, three, four wives deep, and it works, and they're happy, and they're connected. I get jealous. And I took that jealousy out on Stockton, on Malone, on the guy who coached the Knicks briefly. I took it out on them. I mean, hey, that makes sense. Uh, you know, sometimes we misplace our, our anger and rage, and really we need to uh, look inwards. And uh, yeah, Exactly, Ben. It's like you and black people when they're driving. No, it's not at all like that. It's not like that, guys. Come on. It's pretty big, Vernon. I, I, man, wow, this is just such a, this is such a crazy time. What a crazy day. Is there uh, any Houston is there any final make, Houston doesn't make the playoffs uh, the Nets <laughs> are looking pretty good. <laughs> the Nets are looking very good. I mean, uh James Harden triple double on his, his debut with the team. Him and him and Kevin Durant's stat lines were just bonkers. Adding Kyrie to that can only be good. And can I say something about this Kyrie situation? Yes. Leave the boy alone. He's working on a secret mission for the CIA. Oh. You, I think we're almost out of time, but no, I think we're out of time. I don't think we can get into that. Don't get into it. Don't get it. I shouldn't be talking about it anyways. Thanks for coming on the show. Vernon Maxwell, Mad Max himself, man. You got anything you want to plug? You know what? For the first time in a long time, I could say absolutely not. Uh, Not even your cameo? You don't want to go back on? Oh, yeah. Buy my cameos, 150. You can have me on your podcast, unless your podcast is a review of something stupid like The Bachelor. Um, but yeah, 150. If you were to have, um, like if someone were to book you 
uh, like say a uh, past guest and friend of the show, Steve Hernandez, who is uh, identifies as polyamorous, would you go on his show? I would to settle the score. You settle the score. All right. Well, I'll bury the, I'll bury the hatchet, whichever one's the good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Uh, Jamel, you got anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? Hey, add Airbuds Pod on everything. Dagnabbit. That's true. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Airbuds Pod. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 